Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Movies and a Meal, the podcast where we talk about movies and other things while we eat. Keith here, I'm just going to be joined by Ben. What's up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Brad in spirit. He's not here in, he's here in spirit as he takes weeks off for the Super Bowl. Today we're going to look at two movies, the animated Tiger's Apprentice, with a rather amazing Asian voice cast on the Paramount Plus, and the new theater movie Lisa Frankenstein, a horror comedy that, like I said, is new to theaters. But first up, Ben, tell us what The Tiger's Apprentice is all about. Okay, summary, courtesy IMDb. Hope I'm doing you proud, Brad. Tom Lee, a Chinese-American boy, after the death of his grandmother, has to be apprenticed to taking the tiger, Mr. Who, and learn the ancient magic to become the new guardian of the ancient phoenix. <laughs> See, I'm laughing at that summary because you can tell already this is a YA property all or all around. But, you know, it's actually a really good movie. You know, I always worry when I see that the movie's been sitting on the shelf for a long time, animated or otherwise. You know, that happens more and more often now in the post-pandemic era of streaming. But The Tiger's Apprentice was originally slated for theaters in 2020. But it finally came out this week on the Paramount+. Plus. And the movie is based on the popular YA fantasy novel by author Lawrence Yep. And it has the potential to be a trilogy. But, like I said, given that trajectory of the first one, that's kind of in doubt, unfortunately. But this does have... Possibly the best Asian voice cast in a Western movie maybe ever, except for maybe Crazy Rich Asians. I was trying to think. But I will say that I've read about this. Um, it apparently took some big liberties from the original book, but I still I, I didn't read the book. So this has tons of heart, and it's a really good failing kind of movie. So as you'll find out as you get into the description, the character is based on the characters of the Zodiac. So you have a lot of animated animals running around. And it really does the Chinese mythology pretty respectfully, and it's got a lot of action for a good animated movie. But, you know, as you can imagine, like I said, with the being about the Zodiac, it's, it's wild. You know, there's animals running around, some of them change into human form, and it would have been hard to manage such an ensemble, but they packed it with great Asian actors, like I said, all around. You know, Bowen Yang of Saturday Night Live stands out as the rat, and Patrick Gallagher, who I always like, is the dog. But even among the crew, you get, in Deep Dive, you get Greta Lee and Sherry Cola, just all kinds of people. But what is Tiger's Apprentice all about? Well, as we meet our hero, Tom Lee, played by Brandon Suhu, he's a normal Asian-American teen growing up in San Francisco who is, of course, about to have his world turned upside down. After unwittingly revealing his secret power, Tom returns to the home he shares with his grandmother under attack by the big bad here, Lou, who wants the talisman that will give Tom the powers to become the Guardian of the Phoenix. Now, you don't need to know much more about the plot. You can tell from Ben's description, it's already convoluted. This is YA fantasy stuff. So just go along for the ride. The, the fun really is in the casting, and I haven't even gotten to the, you know, the front line yet. Henry Golding actually plays Mr. Who, who is the tiger of the titular tiger of the Zodiac, and also becomes Tom's teacher, most of which you can tell from the title. And of course, you know, I mentioned this was stacked. Michelle Yeoh plays the big bad Lou, and I haven't even gotten to the fact that Lucy Liu and Sandra Oh somehow play into this too. So that's the good, and but among the bad here, I will say, though it remains thoroughly fun for its 90 minutes or so, the story is at times way too complicated and too familiar, at the same time also very familiar, and the action is kind of toned down for a family audience, which removes some of the potential edge. But those are really quibbles, and you know, this mostly successful movie from what I understand is a y, beloved YA property, has a truly amazing cast, and it's a, it was a fun stream for me after a long work day, and really, it would make a great family movie night. Even though I'm only going to give this two and a half stars, I would say, for the cast alone, if you have Paramount Plus, watch it. It's a lot of fun. Okay, so two and a half stars. Mm -hmm. Since, well, I didn't look at the box office. I didn't have box office, so <laughs> no. you're going to get what you're going to get. So let's do the Rotten Tomatoes. So 
All right. You want to guess? Well, you know, I peaked at Lisa Frankenstein as we talked about off the air, but I didn't even look at this one. But I do know, I did look at a little like um, Twitterverse. I will say, I, I will say, sixty percent from the critics, and a little more sixty-five from the fans. I know it's not universally beloved. Okay, you're not that far off. Um, you're a little high though for the critics. Fifty-two okay. percent for the critics. Mm-hmm. 76 for the audience. Um, there was not a uh, critics consensus on this one. I think there's always a demand for kids movies, right? Because there's mm-hmm. only so many kids movies and you know if you want to like entertain your children and pop them a movie and they've already seen Frozen 70 times, I mean yeah. it's good to have another option out there. Yeah, and this one to its credit does not have any songs. I like a good anime movie with songs, but it doesn't have any earworms to get in kids' heads. There's there's nothing obnoxious about this movie at all. It's just a good family, fairly, fairly good, you know, solid action movie, family movie with some good Chinese mythology, and I recommend it. Okay, yeah. all right. So why don't we move on to the second movie, Lisa Frankenstein? It is. Okay, and um, I will do the summary, courtesy IMDb. Excellent. A coming of rage love story about a teenager <laughs> and her crush who happens to be a corpse. See, after, <laughs> set, after a set of horrific circumstances bring him back to life, the two embark on a journey to find love, happiness, mm-hmm. and a few missing body parts, and that, obviously, summary was courtesy IMDb. Yeah. See, I almost interrupted you after that little one-sentence summary, because that would have been perfect. But then they go on and on, but that's okay. You know, it's, not, it's not a lot of bad summary. Rage, I, I will say that <laughs> rage was all caps. That's why yeah. I that. Well, you know, look, I'll get into it. That's a little misleading, but... um. You know, I nearly put Lisa Frankenstein on my top ten list of most anticipated movies for the year. After watching it, I'm glad I didn't, but just by a nose, because this teen horror comedy from the creative team of Diablo Cody and Zelda Williams has a lot to recommend it. Before I dive head on into this flick, a word or two about why I go see almost anything written by Diablo Cody. Not only because she always delivers mostly comedies from a female perspective, but they're also almost always great. Juno was, of course, her big debut. And although as many people love as hate this movie, I'll always stand by Jennifer Bo- Jennifer's body. It's one of my favorites. But best of all are two movies you can still watch. She amazingly got Charlize Theron to star in two movies directed by Jason Reitman, and they're both fantastic, Young Adult and Tully. Young Adult I just watched last night. It is a truly a masterpiece, but I digress. You know, so even the, and you know, the, the, the reviews were fair to poor coming to this one, but I knew I'd still go for Cody, and because this is the feature directing, directing debut from Williams, who is the daughter of the sadly late Robin Williams. She's made several, a couple horror, short horror films, so I knew she knows this beat, and I wanted to see what would come of it. And if you like teen horror comedy movies, this one lacks a bit of the edge I usually look for, but it was still a solid winner for me. And for that, the credit goes to Catherine Newton, already a rising horror and comedy star for her great work in the seriously funny Freaky with Vince Vaughn. And her charm gets Lisa Frankenstein over more than a few rough spots. Granted, it's definitely goth light, but she dives full on into the role of the peculiarly named teen outcast Lisa Swallows and kept me smiling and often laughing throughout. What is Lisa Frankenstein all about? Well, as the title implies, our heroine, who likes hanging out in an abandoned graveyard, manages this through, of course, a freak storm and lightning strike and a misunderstood wish to reanimate a corpse from the grave who, who thought she was calling to him. It helps us this young musician and poet is played by Riverdale's Cole Sprouse, and they have a natural charm. The comedy here is broad and affectionate and mostly works, but it definitely lacks the edge of Cody's best scripts. Instead, he gets by for about 100 minutes of horror, romance, and comedy without picking one lane or really delivering completely on any of them. But fans of Diablo Cody will still find plenty to like here because when the jokes land, they still have plenty of bite. And I appreciated the relationship of Lisa and her new stepsister, Taffy, the eternally cheerful do-gooder who tries in vain to bring Lisa out of her shell. This could have been a stereotypical standoff, but it has a surprising number of layers 
and Lisa Soberano gives Taffy all the, all the depth it needs. It makes for a gratifying finish. However, though I'm a big fan, Carlo Gugino gets the thankless role of Lisa's new stepmother and can't do anything with the poorly written part. But in the end, I laughed a lot at Lisa Frankenstein and even enjoyed the horror angle too, even though Jennifer's body is a much better example of a horror comedy combination. Catherine Newton is a star to keep your eyes on, and Cody and Williams clearly both know how to deliver both comedy and horror. This is just slightly amiss at mixing both, but I'll still give them three stars and look forward to seeing what they'll come up with next. Okay, so it's, uh, I didn't do the box office again because whatever, I'm not yeah. <laughs> but let's do the Rotten Tomatoes, so keep. You know, I peaked a little at this one, but I think it actually went down. So I'm going to be a little optimistic. I'm going to say 52 from the critics. Fans, I don't actually know. I'll go a little higher, maybe like 70. So I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes score, like, uh, I don't know, around 10 o'clock here Sunday, Mm -hmm. maybe an hour or two before we recorded. Um, As it stands, on Sunday morning, 49% for the critics, 81% for the audience. And I do have a critics consensus for this one. Okay, so here's a critics consensus, because we actually have one for this movie. An affectionate callback to classic horror comedies of the 80s, Lisa Frankenstein can be fun in its own right, despite not being quite able to measure up to the movies it imitates. See, that, crit- that bugs me a little bit, and I'm, I, I'm not going to go into too much of a tangent here, but how do you get it 49% with that critics' consensus? But I'm not surprised. People love Diablo Cody, especially women rally behind her, so I'm not surprised that the 81% would be um, from the fans. You know? yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's it, really. Well, mm-hmm. just, it's a short episode. Short episode? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I, Keith, why don't we go ahead and wrap this up, so why don't you talk about the plugs? All right, you can reach us at moviesandameal.og at gmail.com, uh, Movies and a Meal on X slash Twitter, and do give us a listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Okay, so for this episode of Movies and a Meal, I'm Ben. And Keith. 